welcome to the season 2 of the in your shoes podcast the podcast aims to get into the shoes of a person like you and me and learn from their career stories and experiences through this conversation we will uncover insights and pearls of wisdom which will hopefully inspire you and expand your thinking we're doing something different this season apart from a full length show we will also expand on topics of interest that emerge during the conversation these will be distributed as special episodes which are short targeted and provide you with the context when you are short on time let us get right into it on the show today i have tim who heads a coding school in berlin tim really helped me when i was onboarding to zalando and i always enjoyed his enthusiasm to get new engineers started in an organization i'm so excited to have tim as a guest on this podcast today welcome to the podcast tim vivek great introduction thank you for having me i was really looking forward to joining your show so tim uh, could you share a little bit about yourself like what is your story where you're coming from and what do you do today in your job Yeah, happy to do that. Um, my name is Tim. I am uh, born and raised in Berlin. I am currently 31 years old and soon a father of two wonderful girls. So one I have already, one is coming soon. And right now for a living, I am heading WBS Coding School where we help people to basically change their professional but also partially their personal life by helping them to um, learn the jobs of tomorrow. Wow. and could you share a little bit about this ws coding school like how did you think about getting into running on operating a coding school Ooh, uh, <laughs> that's a that's a tough one to start with but um also a question that i'm asking myself very often um i think in the past years uh, to me it was very often a chaining of uh, random events paired with um passion and motivation for um this specific topic so i always loved working or being in the tech environment it started with uh, me being 5 years old having my first game boy um i was always inspired by what you could do with tech um unfortunately um what what i what i was missing a bit that i didn't directly made a career out of it so i came over um over a different route um to to this job i would say um but this is driving me this is driving myself helping people to um have a good life um we know that the world right now and this year and the past year have been very good examples is changing a lot uh, when it comes to um going more and more digital and this is a very good reason why i love the job that i'm doing with um with my team helping people to be future proof when it comes to their job so what we basically do with our coding school that on a international level so all over europe we help people through an online coding school to learn um the jobs that have been created in the past years so one specific example 6 7 years ago who was talking about data science um and it's it is pretty challenging to pick up this job nowadays because traditional education does not really help you all the time with these new professions um and this was one of the main motivations why we started out out with this coding school fantastic and i picked up a word that you mentioned about uh when you were explaining about this uh, ws coding school is about future proofing can you share what do you mean by future proofing in this mm-hmm. case yeah with pleasure um one example i always love mentioning is that um, there are there's a lot of research going on saying that um 40% of all the jobs in 2030 we don't know yet and the probability is quite high that these jobs have to do something with technology and need um a, a new digital mindset and with future proof i mean is that we help people to be prepared for this time um 
just COVID-19 was a great example um, how many industries we could um, digitalize with um, technologies, how many people went um, to work from home and how many managers realized that this is uh, that this is working at the end of the day. I, to me, it was fantastic because I was um, born in 1989, so I'm still one of the people who knows the radio, but also mm -hmm. I grew up with the mobile phone. So I'm, I'm really in the middle of these two um, of these two uh, generations, so I was I was really um, happy to see that how how many people realized that this is changing. Of course, uh, what is unfortunate is that many people suffer right now. But at the end of the day, um, we should of course try to make the best out of it. And our future is um, having to do a lot with um, digital mindset, with digital skills. And by helping people getting future-proof, I mean that our coding school equips people exactly with these skills. So we have many students who came from um, very typical professions and somehow on the job realized that this is not a profession that they would like to do until the end of their life mm -hmm. or they could already experience themselves that technology was slowly replacing them. And this was, um, this is for many of our students, the moment where they realize how important it is to pick up new digital skills. Um, and here we heavily focus on coding. Mm -hmm. So um, with, with just that idea that was born one and a half years ago, we could help so many people already um, to, to change their life. And with changing their life, um, what, what this means in, in real is that we help them picking up these new jobs, picking up software development jobs or jobs in software development uh, consultant. And this is just a great moment when these people start reaching out to you, telling you, hey, um, now I'm having such a cool job. Um, my work-life balance is even better. Um, I, have a, I have a safe future for now. Uh, this is the biggest gift at the end of the day. Absolutely. And uh, Tim, for the people who come to this WS Coding School, from your experience working with them, what kind of challenges do they face when they are getting into tech? Yeah, that, that's a very good one. So picking up technological skills is, in my very own opinion, different from the things that we experienced in our past. So here I'm talking about the skills that you picked up at university and in school. So learning software development and especially getting into this digital mindset is something completely different than what we know from school where we had to learn the capital cities of Europe by heart. Mm -hmm. um, that's completely different because it's not only um, you as the newcomer in tech who's picking up a coding uh, language, it's also understanding what it really means being um, a member of this community and being um, someone who is um, living and working in this profession. So you as an engineering manager, you know that, for example, imposter syndrome is um, a phenomenon um, quite popular for new software developers because you always have this feeling, hey, I was I was doing my best. I was learning so hard. And even after three months, I feel like I, I only touched the surface. How can I pick up um, all these skills in, in half a year. And um, this is always the moment where we are consulting our students and telling them this is normal. Ask senior developers after 10 years of experience, 90% um, of them will tell you, hey, but I, I have the same feeling that I have to pick up so many things. And that's actually something you have to enjoy. Um, and that's um, what people are afraid of in the beginning, that they think they are not good enough um, that they think um, that they can never reach this goal. But very often I can I can watch my calendar after three or four months, people start realizing that this is normal and they slowly get into this mindset. And that's the moment where you see, okay, a job done from now picking up a coding language or picking up um, other tools is uh, fairly simple, but it's all about the mindset. And this mindset of being a lifelong learner is... I'm quite sure something that will not only be valid for the domain of software development and tech, um, this is something we have to take very seriously, all of us, um, in, in all the different jobs. I agree. 
and i think uh, the part around imposter syndrome i think it's 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 shared in such a, a right way that this is a normal it's 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 okay to have that because people who have been in the industry for a really long time also face this on a daily basis um i also like the aspect about you know forking on the mindset of individuals which is you know uh everybody needs to think that learning does not happen at one point in time and you just forget about it and then move on but it's a continuous process i wanted to understand from you what is from your experiences working with these engineers or people who are coming into this profession uh how do you in practical help them um think about imposter syndrome like would, is it through examples is it through experience what is the process for them to actually understand about imposter syndrome and how to actually acknowledge and deal with it yeah that's uh, i really like to pick this one up um because this is something we have to deal uh, with at our school almost every day with all these uh, many different students coming or having so many different backgrounds and um, of course here it is so important to treat everyone as an individual and not um a community not a community as a community of students where everyone is the same um what helped many software let's let's talk about software developers as an example what helped many of them to overcome this or to also grow on this role um is having someone who can guide you through that um so we are big fans of setting up um mentor mentorship systems where you are not and now i'm relating to someone to um or to 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 typical online education you are watching a video in about javascript for example and you try learning that um how can you overcome the, the imposter syndrome when there's no one out there in the internet to help you and that's why um that's what we um highly value in our coding school and in the community that basically everyone has access to um mentors to role models um we are connecting our um upcoming uh, software development talents with people from the industry and guest speaking talks where they um very specifically talk about the imposter syndrome so how how if they could overcome that how how did they do and also in daily challenges we see um that um it is very important to just be there for a human be be there to help people with all their very individual struggles and that's also in my opinion the key um to overcome that if you just treat people as human right so working through the process of mentorship um and having people to share their experiences is what i understand is one part of uh, how you help these individuals who come to your coding school so that they understand and also being able to embrace this imposter syndrome mm-hmm. that's that's correct so um let me let me pick up a very realistic example and what we really enjoy doing is um we really love inviting senior software developers who who can really relate to many of these different experiences from um big companies small companies this doesn't really matter at the end of the day but a format that our community loves so much if they could really personally i mean it's a, it's a big meet it's a big virtual meeting but if they can really ask personal questions a personal question which has to deal with imposter syndrome or where where it could start is hey um at some point you started your career how how did you land your first job how how did you tell a recruiter that you that you are good enough to do that um and these very personal questions are um so great to see and what what's also funny to see is that these questions do not really change um with people who are starting in this industry or people who are working for 6 years in this industry um that that that's always a funny moment but it's showing us that these very personal relationships are so fruitful and helpful at the end of the day right so tim i also have question around the process itself as uh, the individuals who come to the coding school really go through so i am assuming that 
people who are coming in may not have the experience of what it takes to be a, a you know software engineer and through the process that you go that they go through in your coding school they essentially are getting this preparation um to be able to find jobs and actually start their careers with that as the understanding of the process i wanted to check with you about this topic about mindset because this is a quite important topic and especially when you're teaching people when you're grooming them how do you help them to acknowledge the part about lifelong learning which is so specific and also very mainstream when we talk about software engineering or uh, technology jobs in general people look at it oh this is like you you never stop learning in this you always have to have a new technology or new framework or a new library or new language how do you help individuals who go through the coding school really get into that mindset about being a lifelong learner so i think we are in a very comfortable situation that people who are driven by this motivation to change something in their life very often at this step so that's that's um the 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 last moment before they decide to join us they very often already realized that they have to change something in their professional life um and we are very lucky that many of our students are joining us with the clear knowledge and vision that they are starting something completely new that they need to be open to dig into something they never um heard of probably um and by just going through the first weeks of a coding school where you have to deal with so many different concepts something you really never touched before um you probably you do not really realize that you are building up um this passion for learning yourself but there's there are always these key moments when let's talk about um very specifically a very easy example about web development so um as a as a new student in web development you start slowly with html um that's and you you scratch the surface of web development of course but the fast feedback you get from hey i i learned that i could put code into practice and i get a result in my browser which actually looks quite okay um is just feeding you with um of it's it's just increasing the the motivation and the the hunger that you have to um, to get more adrenaline and then you then you keep going with css oh my god my website looks way better now and let's let's even add functionality with javascript to it and that's just making you so happy that you see um that you can really get a direct feedback on the new skills that you build up that you very often want more and this is then paired with just the the industry knowledge that you slowly pick up um of course we are um highly encouraging our students um in picking up new skills once they um are leaving our school um and this is something we are connecting very closely to the industry so we we a very easy example is um that we are showing job offers to our students and if you compare a job offer from one year ago with a job offer from today you already see that there's probably a new framework that um companies start looking at and that's what we are highlighting that um this is our students are not done when they uh, master when or not not mastered but when they picked up javascript and react and potentially nodejs so this is just a start and we tell them hey um keep in mind that there are many things um coming up but then we are lucky that's what i'm referring to now that they build up this passion and motivation to pick these new skills up because um they are directly benefiting from it um after a very short period of time they don't have to wait for 5 years to see oh wow finally react is helping me react is helping them directly um and that's that's i think here we are quite comfortable that um just by a very natural process um our students are picking this up right so tim thank you so much for sharing that i want to circle back to your story and you shared about the enthusiasm that you had for tech uh when you started like 5 year old looking at a game boy and thinking about possibilities um what as a head of a coding school 
what is your job what do you do and what is your responsibility mm -hmm. sure so as the or as someone who's heading wbs coding school um, it is my responsibility that we have a, a great product at the end of the day that really has an impact on um, on society on people and of course this is um, the the main purpose the main vision that we have for the school and there um, which is um, yeah quite quite clear I, I would say are coming um, a lot of just um, management skills so to say um, of course I'm, I'm I'm running a, a team of 20 people um, a very talented people so my job is finding the right people um, with the, the, the right mindset uh, guiding them on this journey um, and helping to build this yeah great product so that's my one one piece of my typical job um, building building this team and growing this team um, providing them with purpose and vision uh, guiding them uh, but very often they are also of course that's why um, we are hiring people they are telling uh, me what to do um, that's uh, in these complex times um, of course you cannot oversee all these different areas so um, every person we are um, adding to the school is an, an expert in her or his domain um, and uh, really helping us to grow to grow this um, business at the end of the day um, and of course another big part is um, the strategic um, vision of the school so uh, we we said to ourselves that we want to be um, the tech school which is educating the jobs of tomorrow and this, of course, means uh, being very closely connected to the industry, um, closely observing uh, with our product team which um, which um, technologies are popping up, um, what our industry is adopting to. Um, uh, there, there are so many, so many actually exciting trends to observe. Where we always have to ask ourselves if this is a trend which is evolving into a job. Earlier, I mentioned the data scientist. Um, there are so many new things popping up, especially in the domain of data. Um, and we, are, not even I know, um, and I'm dealing with that every day, what is happening in five years. So that's um, always exciting. You're always on, an, on a very exciting journey. And this makes it um, so unique and so special and so much fun to, to work on. Mm. You mentioned that as one aspect of your role is to grow the team, right? The team of people that you work with who run this school. How do you find these people? How do you find the right people who would be able to get motivated to um, basically educate others in uh, an coding school environment, considering that a lot of people who pursue the traditional engineering and technology work either are working for startups, enterprises, building software or building technology and having people to come from that experience and actually focus on teaching. How do you find uh, this process of getting the right people for the team that you're building there? Mm -hmm. That's something I enjoy so much doing because here we are, I mean, we, we all know um, from a few years ago how hiring in general looked like and that, um, of course, um, recruiters are screening for your CV and um, if you didn't have a bachelor's degree or master's degree in this domain, they would probably not invite you. Um, so here we have a complete different approach um, and I'm a very big fan of looking into, into the human and seeing what skills this person could add to our skill set that we already built up and this paired with the very individual motivation so do you have an intrinsic motivation to to really change something to really um to really get a green field where you can help the school and the team to have a have an impact on society and if we in very very personal chats um, if we find out that someone is really living for that and can relate to, to our purpose in doing so, um, 
that's the moment where we realize, okay, um, this could be very interesting working together. And if these people, of course, are coming with the, 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 the drive, um, the skill to um, get their hands dirty, the skill to um, love being surrounded by people and, of course, being learners themselves by um, being someone who knows that we all want to grow on our job, that it's nothing we just want to do to have a to have an income at the end of the month. And if, if we if we find out that someone culturally and also with their very um, individual backgrounds fits to um, the environment that we build up, that's um, to us almost uh, almost and always the best proof that um, this person is the right one to help um, growing our idea. Right. So Tim, coming to the work that you mentioned, the responsibilities that you have, what can you share um, as the challenges do you face on a daily basis uh, helping to run this school? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest challenge, which is also probably the biggest gift, that we are dealing with challenges that not many other people tried solving before. So this whole coding school, a modern tech education business is, um, is such a young industry that um, many things we are working on every day um, have not been solved or tackled before. And almost every day we are facing um, challenges which could be connected to our community, to the learners, uh, to remote learning, but also to um, technologies we should pick up. Um, there are so many different challenges that we cannot just um, solve with our experience because many of these challenges um, no one of us ever faced before. And all these challenges are just um, being created with the general development of um, the tech, tech environment and tech industry. But Talking about a challenge, I, I really want to highlight that this is a very positive one mm. um, and that this is um, very beneficial for all of us. Right. I wanted to just understand and go into another layer of, uh, of the process itself about finding the technology that you should focus on as part of the curriculum that you offer in the school. So let's take an example um so we have a lot of work around or a lot of kind of vibe around decentralized applications like you know people building bitcoins um ledger based application ethereum so um, so we have obviously these technologies which are coming up it's not mainstream i think fintechs have been kind of leveraging those um and if you had to if you see this trend coming in so there are a lot of people talking about decentralized application, Bitcoins and Ledger, Ethereum. What is your process to look at a trend like this and then basically think about actually establishing a curriculum, a process for people to get skilled into that? Can you just walk us through that uh, process itself? Sure. So the process it itself, um, so also realistically speaking, we have um, set up a product team, which is um, really taking care of, and now the first step, um, observing the development in the industry. Um, of course, we, we all know the hype um, around uh, Bitcoin, especially in, in, the, previous, in the past weeks, um, which was going through the roof again. Yeah. But Connected to Bitcoin is um, is one skill that we could identify, which might be interesting to pick up um, in a coding school environment, which is um, blockchain engineering, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so we see that there are, that there are trends, and these trends are based on um, on blockchain engineering. So for us, the question would be: Is it interesting enough to um, make a curriculum for our learners out of that? And of course, um, it is not as easy as it may sound to just build a curriculum, which really helps people to um, land a job afterwards. Um, so here, um, quick um, summary, why we exist is that we want to help people um, landing a tech job. Um, and of course, in some domains, 
um, we, we know that we lack um, thousands of um, people in this industry, especially um, in, in web development and data. But closely observing the applications that you um, were talking about, um, Ethereum, uh, Bitcoin, blockchain engineering in general, the domain is not big enough yet that people would really benefit after finishing in th this education right now. So here, um, another very important step um, follows that we are closely observing the job market. So here we are referring to annual data um, from, um, from the German government, for example, or from Euro European government um, about the job market to see where's the where's the shortage in skills and which jobs are high in demand. Um, and there it is slowly, like let's stick to this example of a blockchain engineer, it's slowly evolving, but it's not um, big enough yet to um, really start um, educating people every month um, in, a, in, in a longer program to start out a career afterwards. Because um, what we would like to avoid is that we are teaching people something and right afterwards they have a hard time finding a job because the um, industry um, was not or is not fast enough to also offer a lot um, job opportunities. So uh, that's why um, patience is, is very important. We would like mm -hmm. to build so many different programs. Um, but at the end of the day, we want our students to benefit from these programs. And the time is almost or always um, given when there is um, an, a, clear, a clear evidence on the job market that there's really a demand for these roles. Um, and that's basically, if I would need to summarize now, um, it has a lot to do with observation and analyzing um, trends in the market. So it's, it needs a lot of time. Fantastic. And as you mentioned that you have an eye on the market itself, like what is in demand? Where is the shortage in skills? If it's possible uh, for you to share, like from your vantage point, from your view, in 2021, where do you see the shortage is coming from? Like which skill sets are in demand? Where do you think most jobs would be created? So um, here I'm very happy to say that um, I'm working on this, um, on, so on, on providing a solution to this issue every day. And one very, very important skill is um, coding. So um, we could see so many areas and so many in industries in marketing, um, in uh, robotics, in uh, whatso whatsoever you could name now. It, it is even insurance, even um, lawyers. Um, so many things are automated nowadays with, uh, with code. And this is just a start. So let's not forget that this industry we are um, living and working in is a, such a young industry compared to the others. That right. This is just a, the moment where everything starts. And if I would need to give an advice to someone, and I, I mentioned that I have two daughters, I would uh, recommend everyone, if of course um, they they want to and they 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 can relate to that, it would be uh, coding. No matter uh, what what coding language, but it should be a general understanding for um, the domain of coding. Right. I mean, you could be taking up arts or music or any other thing, humanities, for example, and you could still take advantage of writing code to be able to do things that you want to do in, in your domain, in your field. Exactly. Um, that's, that's true. And funny example here is that we actually have quite a lot of students with um, a background in arts and music. And you cannot imagine if you merge these areas, arts and code, you right. cannot imagine how many cool things you can do with code. Um, we had so many music projects, um, art projects. It's it's fantastic. Absolutely. I wanted to spend some time, Tim, on the topic about skills that you think would help future-proof individuals who are applying or getting into this domain, into this field of you know building for building technology. Um, apart from being able to write code. Uh, what else do you see are the skills that they need to be able to thrive in their jobs and also be prepared 
for the future? I mean, just obviously keeping the technology part aside, like either you are a React engineer or you are Python developer writing, you know, building notebooks and writing analytics infrastructure. Do you see skills beyond just writing code that they need as a part of building themselves for the future? Oh, yeah. Um, next to the technical skill, which probably makes 50% um, of your skill set, um, I highly advise um, focusing on areas of um, skill one communication, um, getting more and more important um, problem solving skills. Um, I think the example um, of um, our challenges every day, how we are solving them, um, needs uh, problems, problem solving skills. And the third one I would um, love to mention now would be creativity. Um, with an industry and not, not only this industry, but the whole labor market um, facing such a big change in the future, um, creativity is a very, very um, handy skill to pick up. Um, to be um, yeah, just just ready to help designing the the world of tomorrow. Mm. And how do you see uh, the being able to promote and also upskill individuals in becoming more creative or and taking a problem solving and be, becoming a bit com better communicator? How do you? create those opportunities for them to exercise improvements in these areas? Sure. Um, I, I would see, I would see, I would see two ways. Um, now ignoring everything that we do with our own students, but probably advising um, companies or individuals how to do that. Um, we are all lucky that we are living in an age where um, education is almost for free, um, thanks to the internet. So um, something a lot of people, of course, started is uh, watching inspiring talks, watching inspiring learning videos on YouTube or on all the different channels out there. Um, so this is something um, just by updating yourself with uh, relevant skills and following um, maybe a, a YouTuber of your choice or um, a, a blog, someone writing blog posts of your choice. Um, Equally important, companies need to understand in, if they reach a certain size where they um, have an HR department with um, a group of people taking care of uh, learning and development. Um, this is definitely something that every expert in learning and development um, should know about um, and that these trainings uh, should be offered to, um, to their coworkers. Also here, one example, uh, probably everyone who's listening to this show um, once in a life went through a company Excel training. Um, that's that's uh, one example that that, um, that is, I think, really, really popular. And then you are having a look on the training catalog of a company and you see, oh, okay, I can do an Excel training, a Word training, um, how to present uh, or how to present in front of an audience uh, training. But I think these soft skill trainings around creativity, offering really creative workshops, um, offering workshops around problem solving skills where you could just have your coworkers working on a capstone project probably, which might be connected to even to, to a company problem. Um, there are so many ways that, um, in my opinion, learning and development um, teams in companies should pick up. There are companies who are really um, role models there, but also, of course, with digitalization and all these new skills, there are many companies with a lot of homework. Um, so these areas I see, which are equally important. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that, Tim. Um, Tim, I needed to hear your comment and your views on this aspect that sometimes, you know, I discuss with my my colleagues and my friends is training people uh, and providing them a way so that they know how to learn. So for me, is becoming like a key area that I see where education can really change. And the background is like, I think a lot of times uh, where I see problems in terms of, you know, people 
that people face is just trying to figure out how to learn, right? Because there's so many sources of information. You have YouTubes, blogs, you know, the um, open universities, Audacity, Coursera, and Udemy. So it's always o- becoming actually more overwhelming for a new person to come and say, okay, how do I even learn this? And as you said, we cannot be prepared for every new technology that may come in 10 years. We cannot prepare now. So from your experience, having run this school so long, how do you see this problem about helping people learn how to learn? That is, um, thank you for bringing this up because um, as a school, we also set a goal to ourselves that we want to revolutionize um, the way that education and especially tech education is done. And when you um, have experts in this topic, and here I'm, I'm really happy to to have um, like-minded people in, in, in our team, when you start thinking about how a modern school should look like, you at some point start thinking about different types of learners. And here I'm I'm very pleased and very happy that I had the opportunity in the past to um, work in learning and development myself to understand that, of course, there are many different types of learners. So I'm, for example, I love watching videos. Um, I, I could watch for three or four hours in the evening uh, any YouTube video where I could pick new skills up just to just learning from experts. But what I really hate is reading through long documents. I, I really, um, personal example, I, I get the feeling of falling asleep when I have a document to read <laughs> of 15 pages where, where at the end I need to summarize for myself mm. what was relevant now and what was not. Um, but they're on the other side. Um, I don't know how it looks, how, how it is for you, but there are people who love reading. Mm. And now our, our discipline, our, one of our main disciplines in our school is to set up a curriculum where you target all these different types of learners. Mm. And that's, that's a huge challenge because whenever you offer um, a workshop for 90 minutes, for example, where it's um, about listening to an expert, you have 10 people out of 15 who love doing that and you have five who are not enjoying that. Um, and that's, um, that's the key or that's one of the things that we are tackling almost every week to get the perfect mix to always be able targeting these different learners because we are always having a group of people. It would be a bit different if I'm an individual and I'm sitting at home and I have this idea to pick up a new skill. Um, very relevant example here is if I don't know how to pick it up and what works for me, um, I highly advise to just try out. One evening, try out with a podcast. One evening, try out with a video. Um, man, what works for many people is just learning by doing, especially in code. Um, just start coding and not only watch videos. So just start failing and learn from your failures. That's also one philosophy we implemented in our school, um, having a very hands-on approach. But once you understand that there are different types of learners and you can probably relate to one or two of them, you um, start building up um, your motivation because you could somehow identify your purpose and also the way how to get there. Um, so I would highly advise start um, start finding out what type of learner you are and then you probably set up the foundation for your uh, learning experience. That is actually very, very well said. So what I take away from what you mentioned is figure out what kind of learner you are and ex- experiment with different forms of learning, right? So you listen to podcasts, look at videos, read, talk to people, um, experiential, just try out something and then probably figure out what works for you and then exactly yeah i like i like that a lot and i think this is this is essentially what i what i i think will really help people because um traditionally i think educational institutions have always advocated one form of learning right so either read a book give an exam 
or be asked questions and i think for some people it really works and they really excel at that but for the rest they they don't find the enjoyment they don't find the aspect of really enjoying that particular content and then potentially get disappointed then demotivated and just move out so yeah i really enjoyed what you just said and your 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 your, your summary um, was highlighting um, one very popular problem in my opinion uh, you were talking about traditional education and we all know how it is to sit 8 hours in a classroom mm. where we are just listening and taking notes and we i hope that it's not only me who who and now is looking back and um, found this to be very tiring mm. and talking about efficiency um, let's refer to any bachelor's program um, is this the most efficient education that we can really have is there no other way um, that we could set up in 2020 2021 um, to be um, to be more efficient to be um, more targeting the real needs of different different people um, because what i do in any university or school is that i pick so many different people put them in one bucket and let them have the same experience which does not work at all i mean mm. um we, we we know that this is uh, that this is not working and that's also one of my very personal um passions and motivations that with our school we really have the chance to um to tackle that issue um and the feedback that we get is um is amazing um so true very true aspect that you mentioned that traditional education has um we'll see a lot of change um, i'm quite sure in the next years thank you so much tim i think we are almost at the end block of our podcast but i wanted to definitely ask this question to you uh before we get into get to conclusion from your view and for whatever you just discussed in this podcast today how do you see the future of education i love this question <laughs> this when whenever i hear this question i start dreaming um and i don't i don't know exactly where it was but i was um watching a very interesting video a few a few weeks ago where um the key message was that the biggest company in 2030 will be an educational company mm. um and if if you start thinking about this and if you start looking to, at your friends at your colleagues um at at your own job at the own skills that you want to pick up um how many people start building up this mindset that um education will be the the role to um success of humanity in in the future um one example i always love telling um, our students that my parents for example um they they picked up a job when they have been in their yeah early 20s and they are still performing the same job and i really wonder um i mean to me it's already different after only 10 years and to many of my friends as well so we 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 know and see that there's um, a big change coming and it's not really coming we are all living in this in this big change already so um education will probably there will be an educational company in 10 years which will be bigger than amazon and all these uh platform models um it's not it's not so unrealistic hmm so tim like if someone listening to this podcast wants to get into you know starting an educational company whether it's a co- another coding school or an online education or anything to do with building the future of education as you called it um what is your recommendation what is your advice for them be passionate be passionate about um the whole topic around education um because without um it it would not work or this this area of course you could you could make a living out of it but um education and i'm i think also many teachers can relate to that you want to have um a social impact 
And if you're passionate about having a social impact and really helping people to uh, to grow and change their life, um, then this definitely is a domain that you will feel um, good in. Thank you, Tim. Uh, last question for you, Tim. Um, what are some of your favorite books or blogs or content that you enjoy, like the videos that you mentioned that you would like to recommend to our audience? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm a very big fan of uh, TED Talks and all the different var varieties of it. I really um, <laughs> enjoy watching episodes before I fall asleep. Um, this is, I don't know, my my way to um, to to slow down in the evening. Um, and if I would need to refer to um, to a book, one I um, really remember from the past years was um, The Big Five for Life, which really helped me um, defining uh, my very own purpose. Why am I on earth and what impact do I want to have? Um, and before probably starting your job or going to study, um, really take time um, start thinking who you are. Uh, what is your purpose? Uh, how can you help humanity? Um, this is an excellent exercise, which could be, can be a bit frustrating, but uh, the big five for life, um, I can highly recommend reading. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. I think this conversation was really engaging and so, so powerful. So thank you so much for taking the time and uh, sharing your wisdom, sharing your experience with our audience. You are welcome. It was a it was a pleasure. Um, I somehow have the feeling that we only talked ten minutes, but now now having a look, it was it was it was an hour already. So if if there's any any way you, you start digging deeper into that and have a have a longer discussion, I'm almost always happy to join that because this is really a topic I'm very passionate about, and hopefully I could um, translate that into our conversation today and hope that at least one uh, will pick this motivation up and can relate to uh, what I was allowed to share. Um, this would be already a gift for me. Thank you. That's, that's such a beautiful word. Um, then Tim, people who probably would like to reach out to you if they have questions or they, they, are, they are infected by your passion and they want to really reach out to you, what would be the right platform for them to reach out to you? The easiest one um, with um, yeah, where where people get a very fast response would be LinkedIn. Okay. So I'm happy to provide my LinkedIn. Awesome, and I will put that link into the show notes for them. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Vivek. Thank you, and enjoy your weekend. for listening to this special episode. The full episode with more insights and experiences is also available on the podcast page. Please subscribe to the podcast in your shoes on the podcast channel, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, Pocketcast, and others. To know more, please visit www.inyourshoes.com That is I-N-U-R-shoes.com 